In today's Greenlight episode, I will speak with Katie Meinhart, CEO and founder of Ally Energy, on being selected as an inaugural member of Greentown Labs Houston. Greentown Labs, North America's largest incubator for climate-focused startups, and recently chose Ally, a rapidly growing digital company focused on diversifying the clean energy and traditional energy workforces, as one of the first members of the recently opened Greentown Labs Houston. I'm incredibly inspired by Katie, who, in addition to leading and founding Ally, is also a U.S. Department of Energy, Equity, and Energy Program Ambassador and founded Lean in Energy. Katie and I will also talk about why she founded Ally, her first investor, and how Ally is helping to transition former fossil fuel employees to clean energy. Thanks for tuning in to The Greenlight. Now let's dive in. McLean, founder and CEO of Dylan Green. And today I have with me Katie Meinhardt, founder and CEO of Ally Energy, joining us from Houston. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. So I've known Katie for a number of years now. She's a friend of mine, I would like to think, and we share a lot in common. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today. I'm excited too. I mean, it's an exciting time in the world of people and in the world of energy transformation. Yeah, that's for sure. So tell me about Ally Energy and why you decided to found it. Well, I first started out in oil and gas and utilities and knew knew about renewable generation because I live in Texas and believe it or not, 10, 20 years ago, we deregulated the market. So very fascinated by it, but an oil and gas brat. And, you know, after years of being in oil and gas in a health and safety and sustainability hat, one of the things I took note of is that diverse teams drove better safety, environment, financial results, right? I started to see the connection. And one day I was on a plane sitting next to a bubba. <laughs> that said to me, you know, it's a pretty young lady like you doing in a dark and dangerous business like oil and gas. And I thought, you know, the public really needs to know more about energy. It is inherently risky. I wouldn't say it's dark. It brought us a lot of prosperity, but we are harming our planet. And so it's about a balance. And then of course, on the other side of that, the balance of all men is let's get some more feminine energy right into energy. And so these two things just seem to be converging, but it took me a little while to actually get the nerve, you know, what it's like to take the big leap. So it took me about two years after that to to do that. So you were involved with Pink Petro to start and then change to yeah, Well, I, I, you know, that's when I met so, you. Yeah. So we <laughs> started the company as Pink Petro. I went to a dear friend of mine who cares about environment, who cares about women. And I said, what if we created a social community for women in energy? Mm -hmm. And I said, but we can't call it women in energy. We got to call it something <laughs> so something so um, ridiculous that it will get people's attention. Because, yeah. by the way, I'm not a pink friend. I mean, I've had <laughs> to like, learn how to embrace my inner pink. So I said, let's go with Pink Petro. It was catchy. And the whole goal was to make a splash outside of the industry because we need to, as you know, we need to draw a lot of talent mm -hmm. outside of all forms of energy to get to these challenges. So Pink Petro was it. And then in 2017, I went through, unfortunately lost my house, the business to Hurricane Harvey. Yep. Had an aha moment, which was, it's bigger than Pink, it's bigger than Petro. And so at some point, Katie, you've got to rebrand. And so we've just grown so 
quickly so fast and um, started getting calls from renewable companies. We want to do, we want to be a part of Pink Petro. I'm like, and you're okay with that? And they're like, yeah, but when you change your name, we'll be really happy. <laughs> so we landed on Ally Energy last year during the pandemic. Ally is about being a force for good. Yeah. We want everyone to feel like they're in this whole decarbonization and diverse, diversification piece. And it was my daughter, Allie, who was brilliant and told me that I was overthinking things and that sometimes the answer is right in front of you, mom, is what she said. And I thought, oh boy, Ally, Allie. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> right it's inclusive. We want to make sure we're inclusive. You know, Dylan Green is after, Dylan is my son. Well, that's, yeah. that's, um, that's fascinating to know that. It's amazing how our children give us so much inspiration to do, you know, meaningful work. I, I couldn't agree more. He's the reason for, for everything. And I think that's why when you talk about low carbon economy and the environment, I guess our generation to an extent is having to deal with the ramifications of it, of course, but it's really the next generations that we're trying to minimize as much as possible the impact. So I want to talk a little bit more about your oil and gas background. So you, you know you worked at Shell and BP, and now you're more immersed in clean energy. So tell me specifically about how Ally Energy is helping fossil fuel workers in this transition. Well, we've been in a transition a while. And yeah. it's funny because I think people think, oh, Joe Biden was elected. We're in a transition. No, we've been in, as you know, a transition yeah. a while. And a transition is going to go another 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, yeah. Hopefully we'll be sitting on the porch with our kids retired at some point, knowing that we left our mark, but yeah. we're doing two things. The first thing we want to do is identify talent pools where we see job loss and right. want to make sure that we're connecting those great talented people with resources, resources on scaling up, upskilling, but also resources on what kind of jobs could they, you know, they move into. One of the really cool things is that we have a corporate membership. We bring together all of the companies that work with us that care about this, that care about decarbonization and diversification. And what's fascinating about it is you've got a lot of renewable companies who are there because they want to work with HR leaders, other companies to help with displacement of talent. We all agree that we are in a talent war. We were in a talent war before COVID. The talent war is going to be very different. Right. And we actually think we're going to be in a bit of a shortage. Right. So how do we keep people in the energy industry warm? Right. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to address it on two fronts. Obviously, a special affinity. I was a professional woman, but I also worked in the field. Right. And these two worlds are very different. Field work, it's a way of life. So, you know, the work in the field is very different than the work that's done in the office or on the airplane or whatnot. The oil and gas industry has kind of a vast array of opportunities. And so we're kind of taking it on two fronts. We're working to survey these groups to determine what they need, what their propensity is to move into right clean energy, what skills do they have. We're also going to work on the company side with hiring managers to understand what are the skills that you're hiring for. Right. With a map, right? Sure. Envisioning something kind of that would go on a website, right? That would yeah. say here are some of the possibilities, right? We're hearing about the coal workers and the embracement of clean energy with the coal community. The coal community hadn't been addressed, let's face it, last right. years. And so I think it's great that the administration is doing a lot to, to bring them together. But in the oil and gas space out in the field, 
you don't have unions. And so a lot of what I'm trying to do is help the field articulate its needs because we cannot let the men and women that have built this country mm-hmm. and you know that have built the energy infrastructure to be left behind. They want to work too, but we need to make sure that we cut through all this negative narrative, political narrative, and get to the heart of it, which is everyone wants a great job and everyone wants quote unquote clean energy. So what are some of the challenges that you're facing with this work and how are you addressing them? So the biggest challenge I'm facing is we've, the last four to six years, maybe more, we've been in this social media revolution where everyone can say what they want to say. And the challenge is, is that we've gotten very divided, right? Mm-hmm. Everything in this country is, at least in, in America, and even across the world, it's been very, yeah. very divided. And so this whole notion of polarization is trying to bring people back to the center. I'll be honest with you, I was raised a red Republican, mm-hmm. a conservative. There are certain things that I love about my conservatism, but over time, there are certain things that I'm for that might make me, you know, appear to be blue. I'm actually trying to make everybody purple. Like the whole yeah. goal is to get all of the political pieces of this to the side, which is a challenge mm-hmm. given our current environment, and speak from the place of needs. Mm-hmm. What are people's needs from a worker's perspective? professionals perspective and from companies and and the like. And we want to use technology to try to bring that together quicker. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing we want to see is anyone lose a job, be out of work, right? Or God forbid, go work for another industry. This is the best industry on the planet. It fuels tech, it fuels medicine, it fuels the markets. And so we want to try and keep that, you know, talent warm. But our biggest challenge has been the political noise. And so what we've tried to do is use our network and use our voice out there to diffuse some of these things, to take different perspectives, to try to get people who may be leaning one way or the other to come a little closer to the middle. Yeah. I, mean, I can't think of an industry it doesn't impact. I'm thinking agriculture, schools, like, I mean, I just can't think of anything that doesn't impact in some way, shape, or form. So Claire Brodo-Johnson, who's, as many people know, is the co-founder of Sun Edison, I noticed she's now part of your team. So tell me a little bit about how that happened and, you know, what she's doing uh, with Ally. Well, so Claire and I met several years ago. Mm -hmm. I called her and I said, you should come speak at my conference. And she was like, great. So she came down, she hung with us. We had a couple of utilities folks, mainly oil and gas folks. Mm -hmm. And after seeing what we were up to, she said, I really want to stay in touch. I love what you're doing. And so earlier this year, she became my first investor. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we are in a seed capital round. We are raising $2.25 million to scale Mm -hmm. and to do some really neat things around our tech product. Mm -hmm. But the thing she's done for me is to open my mind and my knowledge of the world and the capital world, obviously, in clean energy. And she's also been an invaluable advisor around what it means to go from great revenue, right, to scale. It's hard because I've never scaled, but we've been 40% year-on-year growth until a couple of years ago, we started seeing 100% growth and we're all feeling the uh, the urgency and feeling the demand. And so it just made sense to 
to say, okay, it's time for us to, to, to raise money. So. Right. Right. So she's helping with that. Speaking of which your group, you know, Ally is, even though you are so Houston based Greentown Labs company, a lot of people are going to be familiar with in New England has chosen Ally as one of the companies they want to be involved in their launch, their launch in Houston. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved with Greentown Labs and Emily Reihart. Well, I had been watching Emily for years. I'm actually a Louisianian. I'm from New Orleans. I had moved as a transplant to Houston. Houston has had an attempt to kind of put together an energy incubator of different sorts. And so when I heard that Greentown was thinking about opening here, I was very interested because a lot of the folks that are in Greentown, Houston are ex-oil and gas executives or engineers, builders, right, who are building things to try and enable this transition. And so, you know, six years of kind of trying to find my way and figure out my, my purpose, my home, I found my home with Greentown. And so it's awesome to see that the energy industry down here is in full force supporting it. After Hurricane Harvey happened in 2017, the mayor worked with city leaders and obviously businesses to put together a resilience and climate action plan on a local level. I think most people think of Texas as an oil and gas state. It's actually we're leading in renewables and a little fact that nobody knows, but we're making sure that gets out there because we want to remain the energy capital of the world. So we're going to be the energy transition capital of the world. Right that they started this climate action plan and launched it last Earth Day. Mm -hmm. And the goal was, as a part of the action plan, to get this incubator launched here. And so they bought a building, they renovated it, and they launched just last week. It was amazing to be a part of the launch, and we're excited to be a part of it. We're a platform company. We're not building something physical, turbines, technology, those things. We're building IT. We're really excited to be be a part of the community and serve those entrepreneurs that are looking for great talent because they're going to be people in oil and gas are looking for opportunities and these startups are going to need people. Yeah. And for those people who don't know, Greentown Labs, North America's largest incubator, North America's largest incubator. I did not realize that for climate focused startups. So they're doing some incredible work. So it's very exciting. The other thing I love about Greentown Labs and Emily is she has a soft spot for female and people of color founders. And she's created a a sub-community within Greentown, which makes it attractive to be a part of Greentown, aside from the fact that they are the number one climate tech incubator in the U.S. One of the last questions to be focused on something I know is near and dear to both of our hearts, and that's diversity and inclusion. Why do you think diversity inclusion is so important in the energy industry? Well, my belief is that it gets back to that light. I had a moment when I realized that environment and equity are live on a married index. I wrote about this in my book. You know, I said, you can't get to a better energy system and a more fair system without equity. And do I think that the guys in West Texas, when they built coal, oil, and gas, the industry, do I think that they intentionally left people out? No. I I look back at that time, and it was a time in the history of society when women were not working, right? When women were not participating, when people of color were not participating. So what was built served the interests of those who were creating it. Right. 
we live in a different world. We live in a social world. We live in a world where everyone wants a, you know, a seat at the table. We have a lot to thank the social media companies for and also be upset with because they've created division, but they've also created transparency. They've shown what the opportunities are. And so I look at this and say, great, when we reinvent whatever this next era is, we're not going to leave the guys behind, okay? They are the first. <laughs> Let's not make this into a pink thing, because as you can imagine, I get a lot of that. Let's make sure we're inclusive of and building upon the great innovation that they started, mm -hmm. including them in the process, but bringing more people into this process. Yeah. And I, I really, truly believe that we transform our energy system. We're going to transform our economy in ways that will suit Dylan and Allie. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're absolutely right that by excluding people, it's sending the wrong message that we're trying to be inclusive. So I think that we have to keep that in mind that it's about including everyone. So, well, thank you so much for your time, Katie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Greenlight Podcast. Are you looking for your next role in climate tech? Join the latest growing network of clean tech professionals and be the first to know about when industry-leading clean tech companies first post new job openings, from development to finance to marketing, by checking out our website, dylan-green.com slash latest hyphen jobs. Dylan Green is transforming business through talent. You can also find us on YouTube where we engage with today's top clean energy leaders.